On this episode of Sam Chance Boxing, we are going to go back to Saudi Arabia to talk Tyson Fury, Francis Nogano, not what anyone expected. Crossover fights, are they actually worth it now? Shakir Stevenson calls out Sean O'Malley and Fury Usyk. Does it happen on the 23rd? Find out the answers and so much more on this episode of Sam Chance Boxing. Guys, strap in and thank you for letting us into your ears. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chance. This is Thursday. That means it's boxing. Mr. Michaels, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. Yourself? Pretty good, man. Just uh, a lot to digest over this past weekend. And, you know, it's kind of still carrying on as we speak today. Um, boxing is on a defensive stance a bit now, it feels like, after what we saw on Saturday. Um and I guess we're referring to the Francis Nagano Tyson Fury fight, Fury fight that happened on Saturday. So why don't we get this round started, man? Let's break down the yeah. fight and uh, you know give our takes on it on who won and who lost. So let's get going. Chance, who won? Well, the judges got it right. Tyson Fury won. Now, if you're just looking at it, you got well. Fury got knocked down, right? So everybody's saying because that the general public is assuming that Nagano was going to win the fight. You know, he hit some big shots, and Fury wasn't dominating. Fury trying to push him around. Nagano's too strong for that. But if you go by how boxing is supposed to be scored, round by round, I had it exactly how the judges had it, the two judges, seven rounds to three. That is including the 10-8 round that Nagano had, Fury won 96-94. They got it right. Um, I know it wasn't what people wanted, but if you're judging it properly and scoring it properly, it was scored properly. Fury won, but he didn't look good. He looked slow. He looked sluggish. You know, people would say he didn't take him serious. Well, that's his own fault. You got to take this serious. You're a professional fighter. You're fighting a USC champion who hits hard. He just didn't look good. He looked slow. He looked out of time. Actually, if you listen, watch back the fight, Usyk was actually yelling at Fury. Yeah. Use your jab. Use your jab. Use your jab. Because he didn't want Fury to lose. He wants to fight him. He wants those belts. He wants some money. Fury, Fury, you know, he barely won. He won by the skin of his teeth. And he didn't look good. He didn't dominate. So, your take. My take is not much different from yours, my friend. Honestly, I think I think all the pressure was on Fury, even if he won't admit it, right? Everything. Yeah. I mean, look at the walkout. From his dressing room to the stage alone, he was high-fiving all the former world champions. Not many people talked about that. You know, Evander Holyfield and, and, and um, Lennox Lewis at the very front of the line there, sort of a deal. It's kind of like Tyson. Mike Tyson was with him, and all the other boxing guys were – with with fury in this right like this felt like a true crossover fight because he didn't get all these guys out there for mcgregor mayweather or nothing right like this is one where everybody well that's in saudi arabia the, the the saudi princes made sure all the big hitters came out they want to make this a spectacle this is the future of boxing is going to be in saudi yeah. arabia you're going to see all the big stars coming out for big events well look honestly and it goes arena just for the fight too I don't think Tyson trained 12, 12 weeks as he said he did. And if he did, he took it very lightly. But that being said, I think it's really hard to train for a guy you have nothing on and isn't well, that's part of this. and the angles and everything. But yes, seven rounds to three. I you know, dispute it with me. Yeah, I'm giving him three, eight, and I would give him maybe seven, right? Yeah. Maybe. But at the end of the day, Tyson won by the skin of his teeth. And I don't think people are 
upset that the fact that he won or who lost it's i think people are surprised by how well he did and how well he handled himself in well, a lot of the celebrities like your lebron james is it always we're never watching boxing again boxing is rigged that's a guy like lebron james who doesn't know how scoring works and he's mouthing off on twitter so he's a big influencer and people take it serious like boxing's rigged because fury won no it wasn't rigged fury won fair and square but barely it all looks good and lebron's probably gonna fight wilder all these guys now he's got a future in boxing I agree with you. I agree with you, man. All right, brother, man. That's the end of that round, but I'm sure we're going to keep talking about this as we continue on to the next round here. After what we saw, are crossover fights worth it anymore? Like, does it even make sense? Um, I personally don't see it being a problem. I think what we have here is an anomaly where the guy didn't show up to fight. I'm not taking nothing away from Francis Nagano. I think he showed himself really well. I think that's where most of the people are surprised and, you know, surprised by Tyson's performance. But I don't think this would happen again. I think he got that first fight because no one had any tape on him. Now you know how he fights and what it's all about and what to expect from him going forward. Not to say that he's not going to get better as he moves forward, but I think Tyson handles him differently if they were to fight again. I think that Eddie Hearns coming out saying that Anthony Joshua should fight him next when he didn't want to even entertain the thought. Oh, Joshua got knocked in the second row. But but, but this is the thing now, right? Now that there's tape on him, everyone can, you know, prepare. You know, WBC saying, oh, we're going to put you in the top 10 rankings. How's that player? Like, I mean, I get it. He did really, really well. I'm taking nothing away from Francis. He he fought his heart out. He proved a lot of people wrong. Um, I will say this is probably the best kind of crossover fight that we've seen in a long time where it was actually the other guy legitimately had a chance. Um, you know, we said he had a puncher's chance. He did get the knockdown, be it to the back of the head or whatever the case may be. He knocked him down, right? So that's one shock in itself. But Fury wasn't himself, man. He wasn't throwing. He wasn't punching. He he just didn't have anything going on. I mean, and if that's the kind of fear that's going to show up against Usyk, Usyk's going to beat him. No, he'll beat Usyk because he, I think Fury, I hate to say, he was a little bit intimidated by his power. He felt a few of those shots. Like, oh, crap, this guy's hitting hard. He didn't want to get knocked out. He got knocked down. He got knocked down because he had his hands down. He was being lazy. He was being sloppy. I think after he got his bell rung there, uh, it woke him up a little bit. I think he just felt Nagano's power and didn't want to engage him too much. No, um, I agree. Yusek doesn't have any power, um, not like Nagano. So Fury, and Fury's way bigger than Yusek. He'll be able to bully him and push around. He couldn't bully and push around Nagano. And That's this, the thing. And this is the other piece. I mean, this is the first time in his professional career that Tyson Fury has fought someone that's equal weight to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe not height, but weight-wise, he couldn't lean on him. He couldn't push him around exactly. Yeah, he has to rematch, so he's going to fight Usyk, and then he needs to fight Nagano again in the spring and settle this once and for all. And I think he will, just because the money will be too big. Saudi Arabia knows this is a hopping event. We're still talking about it. Fox has been talking about this much in the years. They're going to fight again and make a ton of money. It's going to happen. Yeah. It has to. There's too close of a fight. There's too much. I wouldn't say controversy. A lot of people thought Nagano won, and they're going to do it again. They will. No, and you know what? I mean, there is an argument for Nagano winning. I get it, right? I have no problem with the scorecards. I think it was judged the way it was supposed to be judged, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe the 96-93 card was a little off, but 95-94 across the board is that's what it should have been. No problems there. I don't have any issues with crossover fights, man. I think they should. Oh, I like them. All right. There we go. End of that round. Round number three. Now, after this, you get all the MMA guys calling out all the boxers and all the MMA guys saying they could beat the boxers. So 
Shakur finally stood up and he's called out Sean O'Malley to say to him, like, hey man, anytime I'll knock you out. Um, do you think this was a one-off, man? Nope. Well, this is the second time we've seen it on this caliber. But and people forget Tim Silva, Tim Sylvia, he got knocked out by um oh man, who's that boxer that did? Ray Mercer knocked him out. It was one of the big first crossover fights. He knocked him out. Here's the thing that people are forgetting. McGregor and uh, Mayweather are little guys. They're only 150 pounds. They're little, little men. These guys are super, super big dudes. 280, 290. When they hit you, one shot can knock any man down. I don't care how much skill you got. Fury had his hand on it, got clipped, he goes down. That's how hard these guys hit. O'Malley and Shakur, Shakur will box circles on them, but they don't have that crazy KO power like the heavyweights. So it'll be a little more lopsided. But when these two monsters go at it, and they hit Nakano got the hardest hit on ever on record. So I mean, of course, one hit will knock you down. But crossover fights are going to be a thing. It's going to be a new trend that we're going to see a lot now because of the success of Fury Nagato. So I don't know if we'll, we'll see Shakur and O'Malley, but I got no problem with it. We're going to see a lot of this now. Well, crossover fights have been happening forever. If you think about it, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali and Antonio Noki, I mean, that, that, talk yeah. about one of the first ever crossover fights, right? Yeah. So you know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to see a lot more because Saudi Arabia's got the money. They're going to start throwing the money around. And yeah. they know how much of a spectacle this was and how well it did. And uh, we'll see lots more. Well, the money's there, man. But I don't think you're going to get that kind of money anywhere else but Saudi Arabia. I don't even think Vegas can put this on now. No, not on this level. No, no, no. But I mean, honestly, I think I just feel like boxing feels very like, you know, they're, 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 they're what's the word I'm looking for? It's defensive. They're kind of like taking, you know, the defensive stance on everything right now because a lot of people are going against them, calling it a fake, calling it fraud. I mean, there was no fraud. He won. I mean, this is people that don't really know how to, how the scoring goes. He won. It was close. He should have dominated him. He didn't. And yeah. no excuses from Fury. If you didn't train hard enough, that's your fault. But you're just supposed to be the best heavyweight in the world. And he didn't look good. You barely won. I know Nagano hits hard, but he should have been boxing circles around him. Well, if you look at both their faces now, you know, with with all due respect to Nagano, it's really hard to tell how bad. Yeah, he had a big shot under him, yeah. Right, but you look at Tyson; he just looks beat up. He really yep. looks beat up, man. Um, but Usyk doesn't have that kind of power, so he's not going to fear Usyk's power. He'll you'll see a more aggressive Tyson, especially after this. Maybe this motivates him. To be well, to be that. fair, I mean, this doesn't bode well for Usyk going forward because if Tyson, he's embarrassed, and this is the one thing he stood. He stood. He has stood out in front of this. Tyson has. I know. You know, he said, no, don't blame the trainers. Don't blame me. Blame me. I, I didn't put on the performance I was supposed to. He's owning it. Yet people are shitting on him for, for not owning it. Yet here, here he is in two interviews the next day saying, yeah, I didn't prepare as well as I could have. I, you know, this is all on me. It's not on my trainer. It's not on my family. It's not on anybody. Me losing or me having this performance is me. Yeah, he owned it and he won still. So we make a little bit more of a deal about it. But Yusuf could be in very big trouble because he's motivated now. Well, now it's kind of scary. And the funny thing that I find that people say, oh, he looks slow. What does that say about Tyson Fury? I mean, he moves so well in everything, right? So for people to call him slow, heavyweights aren't known to be fast. As yeah, it is he's 280 pounds or 90 pounds, what they want from him. Right, well, let's look at it. Both guys were over 270 coming into this fight. This is the first time that Francis hasn't had to cut oh, weight or anything, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he came in at 272. Tyson came in at 277. Yeah, you're going to see the old Tyson Fury in the next fight for sure because he can lean on the little guy. He can lean on all those yeah. guys. Even though Deontay was still the same almost height, he he was giving up 60, 70 pounds to the man. Yeah, absolutely. If you look, this could be in major trouble here. But this I is think. good. For, this is good because now I look at the betting odds. 
Tyson Fury is only a, a two to one favorite against Houston before he's like a three to four to one. So the betting odds are coming down because he didn't look good in the last performance. So if you're going to bet, you have a Tyson Fury in that fight and you can make some decent money. All right, brother, man, I tell you what, here we go. Round number four, Fury Usyk. I know this is a very heavy Fury show, but I mean, it's the talk of the week. So round number four, Fury Usyk doesn't happen on December 23rd. No, it doesn't. We know now that this fight is going to be taking place in February. And what you agreed to, he could have held their feet to the fire, but he agreed to. They must have gave him some more money. I'm not sure what it is, but he agreed to it. He said he wouldn't, but I guess I obviously did. I think the only man in that arena who had more vested interest in the outcome of this fight was Alexander Usyk, right? He wasn't cheering him on. He was encouraging he was cheering him. him. He was on. Your he was your yeah. Job. yeah, yeah, he was trying to give him instructions. And you could see it on his face after the fight and everything. Like, oh, oh, you could tell that there was a sense of nervousness and apparition. Like, he wanted to be in that ring so bad afterwards, man. And they got in there and he kind of put him on the spot. And it's kind of funny if you look at the production. Uh, there's two instances that I, I point out with Frank Warren and Tyson Fury. Right after the fight, they go to them and they didn't cut the mics that low. And you could hear Frank saying to him, don't worry about it. You got it. You got it. You know, I know. Right. So they already knew that they had won that fight. And then the second one is before Usyk came into the ring, all the stuff that Tyson was saying about Usyk and the upcoming fight and whatnot. Frank went to him after that interview. I think it was ESPN. I'm not sure if it was ESPN or the TNT guy, but one of them anyways. And uh, he says, what are you doing? What are you saying? Like, don't say nothing, right? Because they didn't want yeah. to kind of commit to it. But to be fair, to be fair, they must have paid Usyk a bit more for this because the contract had been signed and the contract stated December 23rd. So and, now we're here. And Usyk was saying up until a few hours ago, I won't accept anything else. Obviously, he did. Right? Money talks. Well, money talks. And as long as he knows he's got his guarantee. So the question remains how bad was Tyson beaten up? I don't know. Yeah, he's obviously feeling it. He got the shiner, he got knocked down, but I don't think it's even that bad that he got beaten up. I just think that he wants to take a break. He's getting lazy. Um, he just wants to rest for a little bit and have Christmas and, you know, start training in January. Like I said, I mean, even, even if Tyson would have lost, it doesn't count because it was an exhibition fight technically, but, um, it wouldn't count on his record, but he still would have fought Usyk. No, it was so a fight on the record. It was on the records? Yeah. Okay. So Nagano's 0-1-1, then there you go. Nagano's 0-1-1, Tyson 34-0. Either way, he still would have fought Usyk when this fight happened no matter what. Well, the stock would have went down. It wasn't exciting, but the fight is happening no matter what. Yeah, fair enough. So it's it's gonna go down in February. I don't know the date yet. Um, at at the time of this recording, we didn't have a date yet, but we know it's in February. Um, yeah. You know what? It, I think the silver lighting on all of this is this is a huge wake up call for boxing and a huge wake up call for Tyson Fury himself. I mean, anyone else in that position? I don't think we'd be talking about it as much as we have. Or, or anyone has for the longest yeah. time. I think most people, again, are purely surprised by the effort that Nagano put in. Not by how bad Tyson looked, but by the effort that that man... One thing that Tyson's not getting enough credit for, every time you knock that guy down, he always gets back up. He's got the heart of a champion. Yeah, I know he's getting up. He went down, like, I, you just know he's getting up, because he did it against Wilder a few times, right? He's hard to keep. You can knock him down, but you can't keep that man down. That's what makes Tyson scary. 100%, brother, man. All right, um... Round number five, man. Where does Nagano go from here? What, what's next for Francis Nagano, or if anything? I know we have his PFL stuff coming up. He's got fights there. But now everyone's saying that he should become a full-time boxer. You have Eddie Earns coming on to the Arawani show saying that, you know, he should fight Anthony Joshua next. 
do you think he's that good or was it just a situation where the other guy wasn't that good? I think it's a bit of both. He's good. He looked good. He hits hard. That's the thing. He's got scary power. Joshua will never step in the middle of the bottle. It'll never happen. Wilder's been calling him out. Wilder wants to fight him. Now, that's scary. Now, those two guys can hit. That fight happens. Somebody's getting KO'd. Um, no, Nagato definitely has a future in boxing. He just held his own and knocked down the best heavyweight in the world. So absolutely, he's got a future in boxing. I think he beats 95% of the heavyweights. Maybe he fights like a Zhang or fights a Wilder, but um, he definitely has a future in boxing. He looks good. He studied well. He trains well. He's well-conditioned. He looks good. Uh, yeah, he'll keep fighting. He should. He's great. I mean, he looks good. Forget, like you're saying, this is the first time he's ever boxed. Yeah, professionally, first time he's ever boxed. But boxing was his first love. He trained boxing before he ever, yeah. ever even entered the realm of MMA. So, I mean, boxing very scary guy. Nature, right? I mean, he's good. For 37, he looks great, man. Respect to him. He handled himself well. Yeah. Um, I don't think you put him in the ring with a Wilder or a Fury. Maybe give him a Zhang. Maybe give him a Ruiz. Ruiz is looking for a fight all the time. He's not going to fight big name guys, though. He's not going to fight a Ruiz. He's going to fight a Wilder. I don't even know if he even fight a Zhang. He wants big money fights. He, like you said, he's 37. He's only got a short window here. I think he wants a Wilder. Maybe Joshua, but Joshua, like I said before, he's not going to fight Nagato. Eddie Hearn is a, he's turning in like a Tony Khan. I find him to be a little bit obnoxious, a little bit arrogant. Now he's saying nobody wants to watch Fury and Yusick, dude. Nobody wants to watch Anthony Joshua, too, who he doesn't fight anybody anymore. Well, I mean, so, he, he, I get it, he's a promoter, but he just he sounds really sour. And he told us nobody wanted to watch Fury Nagano, which is not true. Look at all the stars that were there. Look at people that were talking about it. the mainstream shows, my sports shows I listen to that just talk football and baseball. They're talking about this. So Eddie Hearn as usual, is wrong again. And he's jealous because he's missing out on all the big fights. So he's looking like a fool right now. Well, I mean, after losing Canelo and, you know, not really having, I mean, when, when Progress and and uh, Zordo are your two biggest guys on your roster right now, I mean. And he's got Joshua, yeah. Well, Joshua's got to fight, right? I mean, you know, that's the problem. Uh, a lot of his big name guys aren't fighting. I mean, his next one is been a bad year for Matt True, man. I mean, Joshua mm -hmm. loses his They're boxing about top rank and, and Heyman guys, they're, they're kind of boxing them out and kind of keeping on right. the edge. You know, and, and then on top of that, you have uh, Katie Taylor losing as well. So it's two two big gravy trains are... are, are... Because he's been talking too much crap about Bob Aram and other big promoters and now they're, they're boxing them out. Kind of interesting to see that Al or De La Hoya, Aram and all of them are all trying to work together a little bit behind the scenes. I know they are, but I think you're right. Well, because they want to do Garcia versus Tiafimo or the big fights like that, right? Yeah, yeah. De La Hoya needs Bob Aram. He, needs, he doesn't have any fighters, really. So he needs to make alliances. I get what De La Hoya is saying. Good for him for trying. No, I mean, realistically, he's doing right by the sport, right? I mean, what are his intentions? We don't know. But the man's trying to do right by the sport. Brother Man. We got five rounds in. I think that's pretty good. Um, we, we really, really talked a lot about this um, this, this weekend. Um, this week in boxing history, Canadian history, what do you got, brother, if anything? We got both. I always got both. We got lots of Canadian history here. This one, we're going to go with a name, because I've been giving out some names in the old days and mostly love her. This time, we're going to go with a Canadian boxer, one of our best, one of our most famous, John Pascal. This isn't this isn't this week. This is Canadian history. Nothing didn't happen this week. This is Canadian history on John Pascal. At twenty-one and zero, he finally got his first world title shot against Carl Froch. Everybody knows who that guy is. Yeah. He lost a decision in two thousand and eight, uh, but that was his first title shot after going twenty-one and zero. He finally got his title shot. He didn't lose to Carl Froch. It was a hard-fought victory, but that was the first time that John Pascal stepped up in 
to the big league, so to speak. And he lost, but it was a hard-fought fight 15 years ago in December. So right. that's a little more recent Canadian history, so that old stuff I've been saying. Um, and also, in this week in boxing history, we got Lennox Lewis, another Canadian. That's debatable, but yeah, English-Canadian. He scored a second-round KO of Razor Ruddick to earn the WBC heavyweight title in London, England in 1992, 31 years ago. The rest is history. He knocked him down. He couldn't get up second round. The mighty, mighty Lennox Lewis. And John Pascal, who's still fighting this day at 41 years old. There you go. Call for Roach, eh? He's been the Canadian killer. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's a fighter, he man. Beat up uh, Steve Molitor, took his title. Mm-hmm. Beat up and, John Pascal. And John Pascal was a hot prospect. He was 21 and 0, 2008. So he's only 26 years old. He was the next up and coming. John Pascal's a good crease, one belt. He's been in there with uh, Sergey Kovalev. He's fought Bivol. I mean, he's been there with the who's who. He's uh, he's an all around great guy and one of, one of Canada's best. Awesome, man. No, no, check him out. If you haven't, go back YouTube. I'm sure you can find a lot of footage on John Pascal. Great fighter. Underrated, not given enough attention. No, because he's Canadian. Yeah, well, you know what? I think it's time for a Canadian to step up. And I think I found a Canadian fighter. I'm not going to share too much about it. I'm still learning about him, but uh, this kid is unreal. Um, Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll talk about him a bit more in our next show. Um, I don't have enough to say, to be fair, right? I mean, I'm just, I like to watch a little bit more of his work, but from what I've seen, this kid looks like a monster, man. Um, Out of Nova Scotia, I'll give you that much. Um, Sounds good. I had a good friend of ours, Angel. He was actually with him up in Hamilton just recently uh, sparring with him. So, good. And yeah, so so we'll get more on that guy and what have you and everything else. But Chance, I tell you what, brother man, let's wrap it up. It is Friday Eve. Here we are. The weekend is upon us, my friend. Any plans for the weekend outside of kids' birthday parties and hockey? It's got a wrestling show to go to. It's some training on myself on the weekend, you know. There you Football, go, you know. So it looks like we are Friday. doing a few of the same things together. So I will probably see you this Friday. Yeah. Um, and other than that, man, I tell you what, let's just wrap it up here as we go into the weekend. And I do believe the clocks go back this weekend. I could be the wrong. Weekend? Yeah, I'm this like weekend. Sure. Yeah, they go back. So keep that in mind, everybody, which means you have an extra hour to drink and party it up. So use that time wisely. But just remember, like we always say, just be responsible and be smart about what you do, man. Just make sure you have a safe ride home. Make sure you get inside and you're able to wake up and share the Sunday with your family or the Monday with your family whenever you decide to come home. Um, But yeah, other than that, guys, please have a great, safe weekend. I'm Bobby Sampson. He's Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. Everyone, please be safe. Have fun. Um, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. And we will talk to you guys on Tuesday to tell you all about what happened at Crown Jewel. So in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. Everybody, have a great, great night. We'll be right back.